Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Tonight after 10.15, we have something new for you called the Boomer Panel. We've been asked about this uh, several by several people who, uh, you know, we have a guys panel and a women's panel and a millennial panel. How about a baby boomers panel? So tonight uh, we are four of us over the age of uh, 55, so through 55 to 70, actually, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things, like what we could teach millennials about sex and relationships and how um, reasons why couples divorce after decades of marriage, for example, and whatever else you want to bring up and you want to get a perspective from us, the older uh, generation. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. You can always send me your emails to laurie at drlaurie.com. couple leftover texts that I want to get to. Uh, what happened to the show Eros you were on, Laurie? So years and years ago, I can't even remember how long, but uh, probably the first time I did television regularly was on a show where I was the sex expert on a show called Eros, which uh, I think was on a cable channel, or I I can't even remember. But that show just, uh, I guess they had like, I don't know how many seasons we had, maybe 10 seasons, and then it was over. And then I had my own show called Let's Talk Sex, and that lasted for four seasons on a, on a cable network as well. And then that ended, and that's what happens to television. They don't last um, forever. Question here, is it dangerous to masturbate or engage in sex if you have a head pressure or a possible cerebral vein blockage? Could the pressure cause the vein to erupt? I don't know. This is a question. I would not even venture to say, sure, go ahead, don't, whatever it is. This is something that a neurologist should look at if you, if this is something common. Like, I can tell you that headaches, you can have a sex headache um, where they can be pretty intense. Some people get them regularly where it's like a, a super intense headache at the moment of, uh, of orgasm or, or extreme arousal. Um, have I ever heard of a case of it erupting? I haven't personally, but I don't know what the literature is on uh, on that. So this is something that if you feel this is something regularly that happens to you, then a neurologist should have a look at you and, uh, and, and make sure that something doesn't um, pop. Sometimes it feels like something in your head is going to pop, but that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Um, but you want to be safe. And to me, like I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't uh, give you, I, I wouldn't even venture to give you anything definitive on this except send you right to the doctor to make sure and ask the right questions and, and make sure everything is, you know, okay. Uh, texter, actually, no, email. Um, Hi, doctor. A lot of questions I ask are for good friends that are too afraid to ask online. One friend asks, so this is asking for a friend. Uh, my girlfriend loves anal sex. I feel kind of gay giving her anal, but when she gives me a BJ, she wants to put her fingers in my butt, says she wants to find my prostate, says she can make me come whenever she wants to. 
So a couple of things here. First of all, just because you are penetrating somebody anally does in no way, anal sex has nothing to do with orientation. Uh, in fact, uh, studies show that uh, close to 45% of the straight population have practiced anal sex at least once or have tried it. And there are plenty of regular practitioners of it who are not gay. It has nothing to do with sexual orientation. What your girlfriend or the girlfriend wants to do is stimulate uh, your prostate and stimulate the anal region, which also has some nerve endings. Now, some people are really good with that and uh, would like to explore that. There are sex toys for that, uh, prostate massagers, all kinds of stuff. She's obviously heard about it, learned about it, whatever it is, and would like to uh, to try it. It's up to you whether it's something you want or don't want. Um, she's right that it could give you a whole other sensation in terms of uh, arousal and, and maybe a different feeling orgasm. But you have to be okay with it. You have to be uh, comfortable. Comfortable is the key here. So you remember, if there's any anal play, like you got to be relaxed. If you're not relaxed, it's not going to be all that enjoyable, right? All right, uh, another one. Um, my woman friend and I have amazing sex. I notice when I play with her clitoris, she goes crazy, but she doesn't want to play with herself. Um, oh, I think we did something like this one before. Uh, I put her own fingers on her clitoris while we are deep in passion, but she pulls her hand away. Uh, so again, I think I answered this question, but I'm not sure I'll answer it again anyway, just in case, uh, I didn't. So yes, women, um, get most of their uh, arousal from clitoral play. And many women in fact could bypass uh, intercourse altogether like they it's not something that that will bring them to orgasm and clitoral stimulation is what does do it so if she's uncomfortable herself like maybe it's just her level of comfort with her body in front of you maybe she is more relaxed when she masturbates herself not all women masturbate, but some, you know those who do. There's nothing wrong with it, obviously. Um, but maybe she's just there's something in her that's just uncomfortable about it. So maybe talking about it a little bit, or maybe instead of her hand, um, using uh, a sex toy, a clitoral stimulator would be great during intercourse. So that could be something that you uh, could introduce as well. Uh, let's see. Dear Dr. Bettina, my girlfriend and I have been together for nine years. We have a good sexual uh, relationship, but I have fantasies about being sexually dominated by her. I'm not interested in this happening from anyone else, just my girlfriend. She, however, finds this abnormal to the extent that it really turns her off. I'm not asking her to put on a leather skirt or to become someone she's not. It's her that I love, and the idea of her getting me to prove that, that in this kind of a theatrical or fantasy situation is very exciting to me. I'm not looking for a lifestyle change, just a bit of fun and an escape from my stressful career, and I truly believe that it would do us both some good. This has always been a thing that excited me. How do I explain to my girlfriend that this desire isn't weird or even uncommon, or should I just drop it? Look, I think it's important to to be able to discuss openly and and um, 
and have the right information as well. So what you're describing are like role play fantasies and they are perfectly normal and very common. In fact, more than 40% of the Quebec population has a kinky side to them where they are either, uh, they practice kink, some, some kink, alternative sexuality, or think about it. So there's nothing wrong at all with wanting this. It's a question of getting her to do something that she's comfortable because you don't want to actually turn her off. So maybe negotiating what that could look like. Maybe you could make a list together of the kinds of things and she can make a list of what she'd be comfortable with. Something she'll say no way to and others she'll say, okay, that that's a possibility. Uh, maybe when she's thinking about it, she's thinking extremes, but it doesn't have to be that way. It could be just tying you up might be something where she, or her initiating sex or her seducing you is a, a way to show her dominance in the bedroom. So there's different ways of expressing this and you just want to get informed and, and, and have a discussion about this, but mostly she needs to get somewhat informed. Coming up, it is our Boomer panel and we'll discuss uh, what we think we could teach millennials about sex and relationships. safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batia. Now, does that bring you back? Oh, you were going to start singing. I know, I was about to, but you would <laughs> you know not want words? to hear me sing. Dancing oh, queen. Oh, yes, we know the words. Everybody in this room knows the words. Why? Because we are all over the age of 55. This is our <laughs> boomer panel, and we are proud, right? We are proud of yes, our music. Yes, we are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Joining me in studio, so happy to be here. Uh, myself, who's uh, on the tail end of the baby boomers, because I'm the last year born, so I'm 55, going to be 56 next month. Um, me, married 25 years. I have two adult daughters. Danya is here. She is 58, married with a combined six children, second marriage, six children together, three grandchildren. Uh, We have Mark, who is 60. He is divorced, but in a a long-term relationship. He is the grandfather of five uh, young grandfather too. Wow. Uh, and, uh, Brian, who is 70, who has been married for 49 years. No kids. Wow. You, you beat us all. Wow. I'm so happy we're doing this. And by the way, Mark and Brian are listeners. So if you are a boomer and want to join our panel, our future panels, we're going to do it like every second month or so, just uh, you know, send me a, a, an email to laurie at drlaurie.com and we'll interview you and see. But Brian's been a long-term long time listener. I don't know how long you've been listening to the show, but you've certainly contributed for many years. 99 yeah, from ninety nine, from the beginning, yep. you've been listening for twenty one years. Ever since they put that uh, sign up on the carry. Oh, oh yes. Do you remember what that sign said? Honk if you're horny. That's right. <laughs> that was when the show first first launched uh, twenty one years ago. That was our big thing. Honk if you're horny. Listen to Passion with Doctor Lori. <laughs> Boy, what do you think parents said about that? Uh, they weren't too happy anyway. They it was up there for a few weeks, maybe a couple months, and then it was uh, taken down. I think 
too many questions, too many questions. And Mark has also been a contributor, and I don't know how long you've been listening. A long time. Also a long time? A long time. How long? Can you even remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. When you're a boomer, your memory goes a little bit. So, <laughs> so do a few other things. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that if you want. Uh, so why don't we start with this? What do you think we us old folks, could teach millennials about sex and relationships? Everything. You think everything, Mark? Everything. Like? What do you think Um, they don't know? How how to treat their partner. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. They don't know how. They don't know, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. okay, they don't know how to truly love their partner. This is all very short term for them. This is the person I'm going to be with for the next seven or ten years. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're not thinking like as long-term as we did? Not at all. I don't think so. Okay. Dania, what do you think? I also think this generation has that immediate gratification, Mm -hmm. right? They get on an app, they get something right away. They order it, it comes in. So relationships aren't like that. Mm -hmm. You have to work at something. You have to wait for things, you know. So I think that's also something that is limiting them maybe for long term or to understand relationship and then sex isn't always the greatest you know it's also something that Mm -hmm. has to be worked on and accepted so i think that's a big part of it too right brian what about you well definitely uh they're thinking way way too short term i have to agree that it's not going to happen tomorrow they're not going to be able to plan Anything beyond five years. Mm-hmm. Very, very short-sighted. Uh, they want it now. Uh, they operate like like I used to operate in two speeds, which was super fast and screw it. Mm-hmm. And uh, these these uh, these millennials uh, just can't see uh, beyond tomorrow, and they lack a, a real mutual respect also. Hmm. So millennials, if you're listening and you disagree, or maybe you agree, you want to share with us and and let us know what you think at 514-800, Daniel. But in their defense, uh, not that they need to be defended, but in in their defense, the world is a much smaller place today. There's so much more out there than when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's almost like there's so much that you can't plan the way we did or accept long term or whatever because there's just so much there's so many places to travel so many things everything's at your fingertips today Mm. so there's a lot more excitement for them there's a lot more a lot more things to do a lot more things to do places to travel people to meet it's very different than when we Mm. were that age so Mm. so you can understand to some extent the the vast difference between when we were that age This is the Boomer Panel. What do you think we could teach millennials about sex and relationships? You, too, can weigh in and let us know if you're a baby boomer as well. 514-800. Mark, what do you think? Well, they do not know how to have personal contact one-on-one. The the art of personal contact Mm. is being lost. Okay? When we were growing up, we didn't have text messaging. Okay? We went out. We met people. Mm -hmm. We got to know them. Today, it's not like that. You text somebody and go, gee, I like them. Over text. There's no expression in text. There's no emotion in text. Right. Right. You're not getting the true essence of a person Absolutely through, right. through text. So we had a different approach to that. Yeah. You're also Ryan. not communicating with the people. Communication 
what is it, 7% words? The rest is tonality and body language. If you're doing it over a, an iPhone with a keyboard, there's nothing really in there. So you can't really see. Uh, just listen to a person. You might be able to get to know something more. Mm -hmm. And contact, of course, is body language, how we move our hands, how we, how we look, how we sound. Our eyes. Uh, mm -hmm. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Right. Most definitely. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five one four eight hundred. This is uh, our Boomer panel. We uh, we have me, who's fifty five. Daniel's fifty eight. Mark is sixty. Brian is seventy. And uh, talking about uh, what we could teach, maybe, or what what Boomers can teach millennials about sex and relationships. Another follow up question to that is, why do you think they are having less sex than maybe we even did? <laughs> In you know, like because that's what the studies are showing. So it's not like they're having so much sex and so disposable and so casual and so 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 this. It's actually less. So what do you think is is happening? I th I think that they don't know how to have sex the way we did. We were the uh, we wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're, they're, <laughs> every every generation <laughs> thinks they wrote the book. But we did. But we but we did write the book. We really really did. They're uh, they're feeding off of us. They have porn now. Mm -hmm. Okay, porn like live on. Like we had porn too, but it was like in a book. But yeah. now they got it. But now they got video. Okay, so that kind of satisfies a lot of uh, their uh, their needs and urges. Yeah. Where we're more yeah. used to, where we would much prefer the human contact mm -hmm. where they'll go, oh, I'll just turn on Pornhub. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that. Right. So it's easier access they to They have that. less human contact, though, because they have the phone and they have their computers. I mean, they're always on their phones, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, well, and, and we're not? We are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've joined that those but ranks, too. Come on. Everybody yeah. here is on. I know Brian's very active on Facebook because I see you on posting stuff and, and commenting and stuff. So... For you, it's isn't it a connective? We're thing? allowed. We've done that. Been there. We wrote the book. Right. A few magazine we articles. Wrote the book. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think what uh, there was some hinting before about the uh, about the porn and the what the younger generations think is real sex, and it's not. Mm -hmm. It's all play acting out there, and this is what they think they should do. And as a result of such, they think they're underperforming and perhaps doing less. Right. This may be one of the ways. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe more performance anxiety. That's certainly what I've noticed. Like, I've been in the business for 30 years. So 30 years ago, I did not see young men with erectile dysfunction. Really? I just didn't. No. And no. you see more now. Uh, uh, yeah, 100 and times more. Like, that is one of the probably one of the most common problems of a young man coming to see me erectile dysfunction i saw them in older men 60 plus but very rarely did i see them in young men so really yeah wow. yeah and what do you attribute that to to performance anxiety related to expectations and pornography and what they see and mm -hmm. what they learn and what they don't learn from uh you know sex education and and things like that so uh, not that we had much sex education, so I don't know. Do you do you even remember having any sex education in I schools? Do. You do in grade seven. That's right. Yeah, in grade seven. I don't. Sex my mother told me about it, but I don't remember. I don't remember having it at school. My mother told me. Right. I I don't yeah. remember. I personally do not remember any like sex ed really, really in terms of learning more than how not to get pregnant and stuff like that. But. Um, 
well, this generation, uh, hopefully they're get, they're getting more. I'm not even sure the millennials got that much sex education, at least not here. Uh, today is our boomer panel. We're going to do this every couple of months, give uh, our age group uh, uh, something to talk about and, uh, and, and a voice as well. We'd love to hear your voice at 514-800, or you can call in at 514-790-0800. Coming up, uh, I want to talk about the reasons why couples divorce after decades of marriage and coping with desire differences as well. the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 who wants to break out in song because we all know the words by heart Of course, the baby boomers know this music. Uh, We've got Brian, who's 70 years old, been married for 49 years. Don't you want to know how he's made that work? Mark is 60, divorced, but in a a new relationship. I don't know how new. How new is the relationship? Relatively new? Five years. Oh, five years. Not so new. Uh, Grandfather of five. We have Dania, who's 58, um, uh, married, second time, combined six kids between her and her husband, three grandchildren, and me, age uh, 55, married 25 years with two adult uh, kids. So if you have questions, if you have thoughts, we'd love to hear, especially if you're millennials. So we've really been talking about what we can teach them and why we think they're not having as much sex as we did. Uh, so it's just our perspective. It might be, it's not that a perspective is wrong, but it's our observations as uh, baby boomers. Stephen joins us on the show. Hi, Stephen. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. Good. How old are you? I am 27. Oh, you are a millennial. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. I share a lot of views with, let's say, the boomers. Okay. Yeah, you guys are not offended by the word boomer. No, we're not. As long as you don't go, as long as you don't go, yeah, boomer, you know, like that whole thing. That they, <laughs> no, no, right, no, right. no. But you see, the problem is with, with our generation, the millennials, they're disconnected. Like, I'm 27. I remember my generation used to go out to play hockey. We used to trade sports cards. We learned negotiation skills. We used to go out on a bike, come out when, you know, when the streetlights go on, go home. Your mom calls you for supper, and you get a nice little spanking if you don't listen. Now now kids are they're, they're babies. They're given an iPad to stop whatever they're doing, go to your room, just play video games, and they're disconnected from everybody. Right. They don't talk to people. So it's getting worse is what you're saying. It's, oh, absolutely, right. absolutely. I've got family that gives their four-year-old an iPad. It's like, oh, thank God he stopped crying. It's like, what's wrong with you people? Well, TV, TV was used for that, too, for, for generations, to, I suppose, like where before the iPad and before all of that. Yeah, Parents but, used to use know, television. We, we learned respect differently. We weren't, we weren't getting what we had. It wasn't accessible. I us. love that you're saying we at yeah. talking, as a 27-year-old because mm. most 27-year-olds do not have not been raised like that, no, I, I don't think. We were, we, were, we were raised to be very good law-abiding citizens. We're just, you know, we do what we have to do. We listen to our mothers. We listen to our elders. And we respect one another. 
Stephen, thank you so much for calling <laughs> no in. No problem. Thank Take you, care. Bye-bye. A couple of things. So our passion poet weighs in. Uh, he's a, clearly a baby boomer. We are the baby boomers. We gave you everything we got. The best music we all know today, from Alice Cooper to ZZ Top, the generation of peace and love, Woodstock, hippies on the move, all the cool tech stuff you enjoy today, because we were far out and in the groove. Those noises from your parents' room, those noises like no other. That was the noise of your mom and dad making you a baby brother. You may <laughs> you may think we are all done. What you see is what you get. I will quote a lyric from BTO. You ain't seen nothing yet. I love it. That's great. BTO. That was the first concert I ever went to. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just do people remember all this? Uh, I am a Gen X, but what I believe is that the majority of millennials were never taught manners. They would never think to pull out a woman's chair. So that's uh, somebody else who wrote in. Another one, because of porn, I don't believe that they ever really learned how to use their imagination. So that's another skill, right? How do you use that imagination? How do you make that uh, that go? Another one says, emojis exist in text. And us millennials know what emotion or feeling they are trying to portray. We have a new way of communication. So if you don't understand it, then you can't say we don't have any personal relations. So I understand what they're trying to say here. It's yep. a new way of communicating. Yes. I think that would not have our, our grandparents said the same thing of the telephone. You know, when we when I was a teenager, I spent hours and hours and hours on that phone like you know and you heard parents go ah that damn phone you know or or now we need a teenager's line because the phone is always busy because there was no such thing as call waiting right. and there was no such thing as uh answer uh, answering machines or anything like that so it was a new form of communicating we did not do it face to face we spent hours on the phone and now we have a generation that's doing it via text creating their own emotional language through these emojis, and there's so many of them now. Mark? Yeah, but when you were talking on the phone, there was expression, there was emotion in your voice mm -hmm. that does not exist in the, in text messaging. Even if you put an emoji on it, it the, there is no expression. No matter how you slice it or dice it, it's just words on a phone, and it could be... Um, can also be a, a misinterpreted. Like right. emojis could be misinterpreted. Lost in translation. You know, I've, I've spoken to couples where um, one person got very jealous because she was like, why is this woman sending you an emoji with a kissy face? You know, this woman from work. Whereas... I don't know. I I send that kissy face to lots of people with no no intent of whatsoever, right? So I so maybe there's misinterpretation there. I don't know. Um, millennials always want instant gratification in, in everything. Boomers can teach them how a lot of times things are worth the Maybe wait. Before. This is what someone else says. And Brian, what did you want to say about that? I was about to say that even though it's been a, a long span for myself, 49 years, it's not that it's not had its ups and downs. It's right. had its ups and downs. Uh, but just realize that a lot of work has gone in so far. So let's just keep on trying to go forward with it. Uh, you can either, you know, grow together or grow apart. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a lot easier to to just grow together and, and, and compromise a little bit. That's the big word, is, compromise. Yeah, there's there's some of the couples, the younger couples, they're too strong-willed. So not and, willing to bend, not willing to, to, to compromise on, on something. No, just walk out of the house. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. Okay. 
Um, it's a it's great that you have a boomer panel. I was flirtatious. As a result, I have curbed that activity. I'm not in a relationship because of Me Too movement. Oh, that's something we talk about. As a boomer, I believe if you were brought up properly, you know exactly when you are crossing the line. The main problem I find with millennials is they lack empathy. An example is I'm constantly being pushed aside by young people do you mean physically pushed aside or or just ignored by young people like is that something so yeah the me too movement is something do you think this texture is right that you were brought up or we were brought up in such a way that we know exactly when we are crossing that line um or would you be confused today about crossing that line in our generation yes Okay, you could be in a work environment and uh, pay someone a compliment, and they may not take it the way you, uh, you the way you meant it. Gee, you look pretty in that dress. Right away, she's going, "Oh my God!" Back then or now? Now, now, now. now. Right. Back, now then, right. back then, you would get, "Oh, gee, thank you very much for the compliment," but you won't get that now. Right, right. That's that is a difference. Now you have to be mm-hmm. very careful. Yeah, and I think our generation, like you said. Some of the things we would say, even as a woman, sometimes I make comments that maybe would be seen as, you know, um, were acceptable. There was we didn't see anything wrong with it today with all the political correct, correctness and the very, very liberal views. Everything's an issue. Everything's a problem. Or there's um, always a fear of offending. There's always a fear of exactly. Right. And exactly. That, which, yeah, I think it was maybe more clear cut back then. Not to say well, there weren't issues because a lot there of were issues. a lot of issues in terms of equality for women. And we had to fight. There's still a lot of still not equal in terms no. of pay and whatever else. So there are plenty of issues. This is our boomer panel. We still have a little bit of time. So if you're a baby boomer or you are uh, a millennial and, and want to speak to us, you can do that. 514-790-0800 or you can text in at are in the house. Uh, we have Dania, 58, Mark, 60, Brian, 70, and uh, got a bunch of calls too. But let me just uh, share this texture, very important. Dr. Lori, not all boomers have created a good example of marriage, myself included. I'm 58. My eldest son, a millennial, has taught me a lot about relationships. His life partner and him are like best friends. Hats off to our millennials. Important to remember that 50% of boomers are divorced. That's very true. We, you know, we have not created such an example, so much so that they are delaying marriage until they are damn sure because they don't want to go through a lot of what we went through. That's true. So very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Patricia joins us on the line. Hi, Patricia. Hi. Hi, how old are you? Oh, I'm fine, doctor. How are you? I'm good, but how old are you? I'm 79 now. 79. All right. Welcome to our little club here tonight. What's, uh, what do you want to say? Well, I just want to say I had the most wonderful husband that anyone could ask for. Oh, that's so sweet. How long were you married for? I was married for 16 years. Okay. And uh, he had passed away from Alzheimer's. He was oh. U.S. Air Force pilot, WW2. Oh, sorry to hear you. Sorry to hear about that, Patricia. But uh, we spent 24 hours a day together. 
We got married in Vegas. Oh, yeah? Okay. I'm not sure I could handle 24 hours with my husband, just saying, but okay. (laughs) Forever, 24 hours every day. Loved every moment of it. I love it. Thank you. We went to a lot of affairs because of being Air Force pilot. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. You got to travel the world. Yes. Thank, all right. Great. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing uh, your story with us. Let's go to Diane next. Hi, Diane. Hi, Dr. Lori. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How old are you? I'm 54. And okay. And I've been watching, well, watching, listening to your show for many years. Ah. And um, in regards to communication, as one of the gentlemen on your panel was saying, uh-huh. the difference between us and the millennial generation is that the communication through texting is constantly hiding behind a screen. I'm an old school person, and I'm divorced, single, and you know, sometimes I broach the platform on social media to try to meet someone, but I say it out loud. I'm old school. Pick up the phone. Let's talk. (laughs) Call me or nothing. they, They constantly hide. So I wish that even though that young person said it's a different form of communication, the difference is your verbs your intonation, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And they they don't understand that and they're they're expecting something and they're not giving anything. Mm, that's a good I, point. I don't know if I make sense with what I'm you, saying. You totally make sense and and I I've noticed this too is I often wonder like why are you texting for weeks on end with someone you're interested in? Just meet them already. Exactly. Like why are you developing this relationship that is it's not it's not good. It's not real in no. its complete, like you're missing a lot of pieces, you know? That's, that's precisely yeah. what I, my last point is that I try to get in touch with someone who's younger, mm. and he video-faced me, whatever it is that they do. Right. FaceTime. <laughs> FaceTime. Like, uh, back a little bit, and then okay. I said, okay, fine. And he said, give me your number, but he never called. Mm-hmm. And he sent me hey, how was your day? Hey, what's up? And I'm like... Oh, just by text. Yes, right. I don't have a cell phone that I'm plugged to. So I, I just like to say to people, you may think you're connected because you're plugged on your phone, but you're totally disconnected. <laughs> All right. That was well said. Excellent. Very well said, Excellent. Diane. Thanks apropos. so much. All right. Juliet joins us next. Hi, Juliet. Hi, how are you, Dr. Glory? How good. How are you? How old are you? Oh, excited to hear you. Oh, I'm excited to have you on. I love your show. Thank you so I'm much. I'm 35, so Thir- I'm a borderline millennium. Okay. My husband, he's 50, 54. Okay. Mm, two and generations so a, together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have a 17 and a 16-year-old, so the new generation. Okay. And, uh, and look, uh, me and my husband, we're, we're good. He constantly, sometimes he'll say things like, we did this back then, and I'm like, okay, sorry, I wasn't in that time. <laughs> I wasn't born yet, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't born yet, exactly. So, you know, and that, my kids are sometimes like, ew, you know, you guys are 18 years old. They're like, that is 18 years older than you. I'm like, well, that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it's like that. But now, let's say, I see with my son, we try to raise them to, to like, my way of, or his way. Like, we're trying to raise them to be responsible, have values, not be connected, this and that. 
but sometimes like we have to give in a little bit like they text me even sometimes when they're home right yeah. uh, from upstairs right yes. mom is dinner ready <laughs> like hey uh, can we do this that i'm like sometimes i want to go to the room scream and say come downstairs and talk to me but i give in a little bit right i'm like okay you know i'll text back and say yes i'm doing this that whatever so, but this, my kids' generation, I have to say, it's a bit lazy. The 17, 18 years old today, okay. they want everything handed to them. Mm. So I have that problem with my kids because I try to fight them as hard as I can for them to gain their stuff. Right. So when they will, I, I, I don't celebrate Christmas because I think Christmas is a sham. <laughs> and what we do, seriously, what we do is that you give me a report card in December and you show me that you were good, and I would definitely give you a gift, what you want, this and that, a trip. But I would never give them a gift just because of right. Just, just be, you don't want to raise entitled kids, Juliet. Never. You make some good points. You're a delight. Thank you so much Thank for you. calling in. Thank way. you. I <laughs> Thank you for calling too. Bye. Uh, brings up some good points. So here's a merging of two, right? So we're she's clearly wants to raise kids differently mm-hmm. and it, it's not easy like we were we were working very young i don't know i worked at a, at a very young age 12 years old i was delivering newspapers like wow. it was it was expected that we would do this kind of thing whereas um i didn't expect my kids to work at 12 you know or 14 or, or well whatever. that's a bit young 12 I mean, it's was not young. That i yeah. was motivated to do it it's something right. i wanted to do it wasn't you know today so. kids don't want to work period I don't know about my that. Kids my, are, kids, my, my kids, kids are hard want workers. To work. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to. One thing I don't like want to do is vilify any no. generation, no. right? Because you can see all, all kinds. It's just that it's the influence of things around that we have to look at. It's like how is this influencing the way the way they are doing things versus the way we did things? But we have to be honest. We spoiled our kids. Yeah. Yes. But I think yeah. all. Par- yeah. I guess maybe there was a different way of. Sp- boiling or or whatever it just goes from generation yeah. i also think that they have a lot more information coming at them certainly yeah they have to navigate but they also more. they're they're probably a much more entrepreneurial um generation than we were because they have so yes. many more op- yes. entrepreneurial opportunities so when we say oh they don't work as hard well they don't it's a different type of work. They they work to not yes, work as hard. That's so right. They find they're smarter not, than us. They're smarter than <laughs> us in, in many yeah. ways. I yeah, think yeah, and yeah. we have to be careful. Brian, last words. And I also we, we talked about uh, delivering newspapers. I grew up on the other side of the tracks in a very very uh, you know poor uh, poor household. Mm-hmm. I can remember at the age of eight or nine making a a box with skis on the bottom to deliver orders for a grocery store. Right. And then having a I guess uh, a newspaper route or two at the same time. These were expected. Uh, if, if I right. wanted money, there was no allowance. That's how I got it. Right. Exactly. There, we have different expectations, but we also let's be let's face it. We live in different times, guys. This has been a delight. Thank you so much for uh, for joining Thank our you. Boomer panel. And if you're a baby boomer and want to join us on the air, then uh, send me an email to Lori at drlori.com, and we'll uh, we'll get you on that list. And maybe you'll be next on our uh, Boomer panel. Thank you to. Uh, Mark, Dania, and Brian tonight. Thank you to our tech.
technical producer, Chris Aiken, as well. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you can find the podcasts of the shows uh, as well, and you can listen to them at your leisure or share them as you wish. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.